Hello everybody, it's Pastor Chip again. I hope you're doing well. Hope everybody's okay. It's a fun day Monday, right? Anyway, today I'm going to kind of recap something, uh, give a little more definition maybe, uh, a little explanation. Uh, came to my attention that... So people need to hear this. So um, there's a misconception among some people that uh, baptism is uh, is a sign of acceptance of membership in a church. It's not. And um, my stepson used to think that the book of John was a book for the Baptist because it speaks of John the Baptist. And he put John together and the Baptist and came to that conclusion. And that's not true. Um, and there's some misconceptions that some people think you can't get to heaven without being baptized. And that is not true either. Um talked about that before in another podcast and um, just tell you right now what if you're in the space shuttle there's no water what if you're in the desert there's no water what if you're on your deathbed making a confession and profession of faith and you accept ask the Lord into your heart there's no water the thief on the cross wasn't even baptized. Um, made his confession right there to Christ and was accepted right then. But, so let's talk about baptism and... What is baptism? Well, baptism is not a Christian thing. Contrary to what many people think. Baptism was a uh, Levitical law thing. Uh, if Jews were, were uh status of uncleanliness, if they were near a corpse or whatever, there was a process for them. There was a process for them to sanitize themselves, uh, a period of uh, washing and cleansing and ritual washing and cleansing um, that they had to do in order to be clean and righteous before God again. Um, the world was baptized when uh, the flood. Uh, the world was saved through water, cleansed through water, and only Noah and his family were considered righteous and birthed through the water. There are many um, references to water and baptism and birth. If you remember, um, Jesus approached a blind man at the Pool of Shalom, I think it was, uh, and the uh, blind man talked about you'd had to get into the water when the angel stirred the water so you could wash away your sins and restore his sight, and he could never get there. He had no one to put him in. Um, there's lots of different 
things about baptism and water in the Bible, but John the Baptist prepared the way for Jesus. He's in the Gospels. Um, he was going about preaching repentance, repentance to people. Repent of your sins and be baptized and forgiven of your sins. And um, John led the way, but John is pre-Christ. John was before Christ. John, John became is a technically an Old Testament prophet, so to speak, because he died before Christ uh, rose and fulfilled his his ministry. And everybody that after Christ rose is baptized in the Holy Spirit, baptized with water and receives the Holy Spirit. It is an outward profession of faith, a cleansing of the body that symbolizes the cleansing of the, of the Spirit, of the washing away of our sins that happens when we accept Jesus Christ into our life and we are born again as Christians. It's like Jesus told, um, who was it? Told him that he had to be, unless you are born again, you can't enter into the kingdom of heaven. So you have to believe in Jesus Christ and be born again into the, the world of the Christian. Be born into the world of Christ to be cleansed. So, let's look at a few verses. Let's go to... Man, I got the sniffles, I'm sorry. Acts 2, verse 38. It says, this is when they were preaching the Pentecost. And Peter says to them, Repent, and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the repentance of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Did you hear that? Repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. You see, that gift of the Holy Spirit was not something that John was doing because the Holy Spirit hadn't been poured out at Pentecost yet and hadn't been given to the apostles. John was preaching repentance of sins. You, you are washed... You repent, ask for forgiveness, and you give uh, the cleansing. But there was no Holy Spirit. So, let's go over to Acts 22. 22. Paul, when he was blinded by the uh, by the Lord and called into his ministry, he had to go see a gentleman. Um, he had to go, Acts 22.10, so I said, What shall I do, Lord? And the Lord said to me, Arise and go into the Damascus, and there you will be told all things which are appointed for you to do. And since I could not see for the glory of that light, 
being led by the hand of those who were with me, I came into Damascus. Then a certain Ananias, a devout man according to the law, having a good testimony with all the Jews who dwelt there, came to me, and he stood and said to me, Brother Saul, receive your sight. And at that same hour I looked, at, I looked up at him. Then he said, The God of our fathers has chosen you, that you should know his will, and see the just one, and hear the voice of his mouth. For you will be his witness to all men of what you have seen and heard. And now, why are you waiting? Arise and be baptized, and wash away your sins, calling on the name of the Lord. Man, isn't that beautiful? I mean, it just tears me up to think that this man, Ananias, look what the Lord did with him. I don't know much about Ananias, but he was a devout one. Man. Can you imagine being told to go and being told by God what you're going to do and say and who you're going to see? And this man says, what are you waiting on? Let's get up and get baptized and get this show on the road, bud. Man, it's just it just eats me up. I don't know how people can contain themselves. I mean, this is just beautiful stuff. A devout man having a good testimony with all who who dwelt there. Can they say that about you? Can they say that about you in your life and your witness? That you're a devout person, that you have a good testimony? I try. Do you try? Or are you just going through the motions? And baptism is one that you you worry about. I mean, you you splitting hairs over baptism. You know, I know some people that split hairs over baptism. <laughs> I know. There are people that will have you believe that unless you're baptized, you'll not go to heaven. And I'm gonna tell you where they're where these people are misled from. And that's what it is. You're misled. It says in Mark sixteen, sixteen. Now listen to what it says. I want you to listen to the words. He who believes and is baptized will be saved. Semicolon. There's a semicolon there, okay? But he who does not believe will be condemned, period. Now, it doesn't say he who does not believe and is not baptized. Does it say anything like that? It says, but he who does not believe will be condemned. If you don't believe in Jesus Christ, you're condemned to eternal damnation. But if you believe... And baptized says you'll be saved. But baptism, like I said, is a profession of faith. A 
profession of cleanliness, a washing away there are sins, being born again in the Spirit of Jesus Christ. If that ain't enough for you, I got another one. Let's flip over to Romans. Romans 10, 13. This is a good one here. But I'm actually going to start at 11. For the scripture says, Whoever believes on him will not be put to shame. For there is no distinction between Jew and Greek. For the same Lord over all is rich to all who call upon him. Verse 13. For whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. What do you think about that? Whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Period. Period. Quote. End quote marks. Let's see. That's 10, 13. It says go to Joel 2.32. Let's see what Joel 2.32 says. I can find Joel 2.32. Joel 2.32. Let's see. Those little books. They slip by you. Let's see, where's Joel? There's Joel 2.32. Ah, what about that? Joel 2.32. And it shall come to pass that whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. How about that? That was in the Old Testament too. Old Testament and New Testament. All you got to do is call on the Lord and you'll be saved. You know, churches, back to the beginning, about some that curious about membership. What it is is when you're at a church, when you're at a youth group, when you're at a meeting, when you're wherever, and you make a profession of faith, you go down to the altar and you say that you want the Lord into your heart, you want to ask for forgiveness of your sins, you want to be saved, you're saved. That's it. You're saved. But what we like to do as churches is we like to get an old watering trough, we like to go down to the river up here where I live, we like to, when it's warm of course we like to go down to the to the new river and we like to take people down there and baptize them in the river we go to side creeks up here it doesn't matter wherever there is a body of water we baptize people and it's a symbolic cleansing of our body the remission of sins, the washing away of sins, 
And you're being born again, a new person in Jesus Christ. Back in the old days, the Levitical law and the Hebrews, they used to take the men and the women separately and put them in white linen robes and they'd go through ceremonial cleansing and they would take them, take them into a place and take their clothes off and they would physically scrub, wash the body and cleanse it so that they came out no old skin or dirt or whatever on them and they came out a new clean person. with a new life. We don't get down to the scrubbing and the dirt and the, and the soap and everything these days. But you know, I think sometimes it probably would be nice to feel that we're being washed of our dirty skin, our dirtiness, and accepted into a, a new clean world. So, I tell you what, it's kind of like graduation from high school or college. You can go to school and you can fill out all the degrees and uh, classes, requirements, and they'll give you your diploma. But it just feels good when you're walking across that stage in that cap and gown and everybody's looking at you, and you accomplished something, and you're proud of yourself, and the world is looking at you and acknowledging you for what you've done, that is baptism. When you call on the name of the Lord, and you ask for forgiveness, and you repent, your heart is born again. Your body is born again. You are a new person in the body of Christ. But you know, when you're on fire for the Lord, you want to hear some people cheering for you. You want to hear some claps and some amens. You want to you want to feel that water. You want the you want the full deal. You got the certificate already, but you just want to be dunked. And you know, some people like to do it over and over again. They like to recommit their lives. People say, you can't be baptized again. Well, you know, you can say what you want to. But if, but if, but if I want to, if I want to be dunked again, and I want to have that feeling of closeness with my Lord, then what is it to anybody else, right? So, don't let anybody steal your joy. If you believe in Jesus Christ with all your soul, with all your heart, and all your mind, you are born again. You are born again. Don't worry about Don't worry about what people say about not going to heaven for not being baptized. You know, if when you can get baptized, you get baptized. But if anything happens to you beforehand, do you really seriously think that you're going to go walking across the other side of the stage to heaven and get up there and Jesus is going to say, whoa, 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 hold on just one second, buddy. You didn't get baptized. You can't come in.
Do you really think that's going to happen? There are a lot of men and women in the history of this planet that have been killed in battle and car wrecks and plane crashes, just died of natural causes before they could even get baptized. They may have given their life on a Sunday and the church says, well, we can't, we can't do a baptism until uh, three months from now. We're going to have a whole big thing for everybody. And they die beforehand. Do you think that Jesus is going to deny them the joys of paradise forever with him? That thief on the cross that was hanging up there beside of him, Jesus told him, Verily I say unto you, today you will join me in paradise. And then in nowhere in the Bible does it say that Jesus and the thief got down, went down to the Jordan River, he baptized the thief, and then came back and said, Okay, put me back up on that cross. No, that didn't happen. The thief gave his life to Christ and died beside, hanging beside Christ on a cross. He is the first man in the history of Christendom to go to heaven with Christ after he's given his life for us. There are people that went before, don't get me wrong. There are people that went in the ministry when Jesus was going around and saving people. But that guy went right there with him that moment when they both died on the cross. Gosh almighty, can can you imagine? Can you imagine? Walking into heaven. And Jesus meeting you there saying, I told you. I told you he was going to be here, brother. We made it. You didn't have any doubt, did you? I wasn't going to leave you behind. And that's the way we all are, people. He is not going to leave us behind. He will not lose one of his sheep. It doesn't matter if you are wet or dry. If you call on the name of Jesus Christ, you are bought and paid for with the blood of the cross. And this is Pastor Chip. I thank you for tuning in. Thank you for listening. By the way, before I get off here, I met a great young lady this weekend. She knows who I'm talking about. This is for her. Jacy. Connie. I tell you what, family of God is an awesome family. That's all I got to say about this. Pastor Chip, God bless. Thank y'all. Love you. Thanks for tuning in.